Hello, ladies. Thank you for listening today as we dive into a study from Mrs. Francie Taylor, I See You, in Christ Unconditionally. Through this study, we will investigate lives that were in a critical place but received help in Christ unconditionally. I pray this lesson will be a source of help to you today. To talk about is Zacharias and Elizabeth, and that they were childless during a time that was considered a reproach. And just like Miss Nicole had mentioned, um, how hard it was, and I'll talk about that in just a few minutes, and that there's un- not understanding a lot of times with that, and the hurt and everything. Well, I'm sure I'm going to look at Zacharias and Elizabeth and how they felt, and to dig in there with their life in the Scripture. But children were a sign of a, bl- a blessing and honor and riches. During biblical times, children were a sign of wealth and prosperity. I know they provide labor, and they would provide uh, to pass on family lim- lineages. Um, especially a son being born was a special blessing because they were um, they were waiting for the Messiah to come at that time. And so um, they were waiting for the Messiah to come and to rule. And so if you had a son, it was a special blessing to have a son, especially during that time. But within our century, though, you think about it whenever... Um, I know my grandparents, they both came, or all four of them came from large families because you had large families to work on the farm. You know, it was not abnormal to have six or seven or ten children because they worked and they all worked together for the common good to do uh, for the family and to do best for the family so large families helped as a fo- as the family as a whole but the stigma of bear- uh, barrenness still exists today you know it did during her time and that it was a sign that maybe they were out of god's will or that um they were cursed um if uh, we could see several examples in the scripture women that were barren and how uh, they were made fun of and different things it was a hard time and for Elizabeth grow through um, her marriage and that she did not have children but there's stigmatism even now through barrenness Um, there's uh, medical conditions and um, we realize that it's not a character flaw and that it, it there's medical reasons but during that time that was not accepted that it was seen as a curse from God so Elizabeth had a hard time and you know whenever women get together most women have children so think about Elizabeth she didn't have something that was um, united with other ladies to talk about so I was just thinking about Elizabeth this week and that whenever she came up to some of the other mothers oh here comes Elizabeth I mean think about it because what did she have to bring to the table to talk about because she didn't have children and if you think about before there's poor women or mothers you know mothers come together and they talk about different things like um, how their children are doing and so she felt ostracized she felt away from all the other ladies especially during this time because she did not bear children but you know now we have access to fertility specialists and you know we have drugs and surgeries and other interventions but then they didn't but there is some in the scripture that talks about that if you remember that in the scripture um, Rachel that was married to Jacob and Leah, that Rachel and Leah was out, and I think it was Reuben that came back in with something that was a fertility. Y'all remember that, what it was called? Does anybody remember that in the scripture? Yes, it was mandrake, and that uh, Reuben came in, I think it was Reuben, and was going to bring that to his mother, and then Rachel saw it, and Rachel said, I will give you a night. They were married to the same man, that they were sisters. said, I will give you a night with, with our husband. Isn't that different? 
if you give me the mandrake. I know. <laughs> but anyway, you know the story behind that, you know, that he had to work for, um, for uh, Rachel when he, ha he married Leah. But anyway, so um, Leah ended up expecting, but Rachel didn't. But the mandrake, that was a type of plant, and it was supposed to bring fertility. And it even says it's shaped like a body feature, whatever you pulled out of the ground, which is interesting. But anyway, so she was uh, going to cook that up, and she thought that was her sure thing, but she should have trusted goddess into that. So there was fertility, I mean, things and different, um, that even in biblical times they tried to use. But the main thing is that the Lord opens the womb, and we know that through um, through our eye of faith. But anyway, so they had material. Uh, fertility helps during that time um, also. But some couples have been praying for the Lord to answer prayers for years for children, just like uh, Miss Nicole had mentioned. I know I have friends in the past that they never have been able to have children. They prayed and prayed, and then they would come to me and they would ask, why is this other people that can get pregnant so easily? And that I've had such a hard time having a um, baby. But, you know, I don't have answers to that. None of us do. The Lord is faithful in whatever we do, but we don't always have the answers because things are in God's hands, not ours. So we don't see the big picture. Just like those babies that Michelle had, they needed a family. And so she was able to take care of those children. And the Lord is the one that um, knows what is best for our lives. But, you know, there are some things in our life. We talked about that last month that we don't understand but we just have to trust. And that's what uh, we see in the life of Elizabeth, that she just trusted. And so I was thinking that it's hard to understand, like I said, why some wounds, you know, I think about um, some children in abusive situations and how pitiful that is. And you wonder, how can that child be born in those families? But, you know, the Lord is faithful and that he uses other families to take care of those uh, children. And I'm so thankful for foster care and other things. And there's different ladies in our church that have done that. And that's a blessing. But um, the Lord is the one that can open the barren womb. And even if he doesn't, he can give children, just like Michelle, Miss Michelle had just uh, mentioned. But barrenness, if you look at the definition of that, it's a picture of something missing. So it's a picture of something missing. So it's a picture of emptiness. That's why I put that empty, um, empty barrel. And I just saw that. There should be two ends there. Sorry about that. But anyway, um, empty barrel, but um, it's emptiness. It means stiff and stubborn, strong and sure. If you look up that in chapter 1 of Luke, that's what it means. It means that it's unnatural here, that word does, and it means strong and sure and stubborn because if you're barren, then your womb is stubborn, right? And so that's what that means here in the scripture is that unnatural and uh, stubborn. So the scripture about barrenness to the women. So you can look in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 15 through 16 if you want. You don't have to turn. I'll read it to you. But there are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not. It is enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that said not. It is enough. So one thing we see with barrenness that we can see is that there's never, never satisfaction you think about that unless it's the Lord helping you if you've talked to ladies that want to have a baby there's never satisfaction because even husbands that try to console and friends if you want a baby there's nothing that can really console you when you're hurting like that unless it's the Lord 
And so also, if you're bearing with a prayer request or if you have a husband that's not saved or other things, unless the Lord helps you with that, with that emptiness, then it will be, you'll never be satisfied. Also, Genesis chapter 16, verse 2, it says, And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go unto my handmaid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. So right there I see that not only is the barren womb that it's never satisfied, but also there's irrational thinking. Sarah was not thinking straight. What was she thinking? Giving her husband to another woman? What in the world? But sometimes I think that, especially with women, we try to think so much. We overthink. You know, our Lord is simple. And that he's God of order. And that when he says something, we just don't have faith that he will do it. And the Lord told Sarah and Abraham that he was going to provide through them a baby. But she didn't want to wait. And that is hard, isn't it? Waiting is so hard. Because that's not in our human nature to want to wait. But she took things in her own hands. And boy, does that cause a mess when we want to do that. And so many times we want to fix things and put things in our own hands. Own hands but just like Sarah, there's still problems with that today with um, the birth um, of, um, of uh, Hagar's son. And so Ishmael, there's still controversy, even today in the scripture said that it was going to be. But it's because that Sarah did not take uh, the faith of the Lord and what the Lord told her to do. But also we see thirdly that um, in Genesis chapter 30, verse 1, sisters Rachel and Leah were married to Jacob, like I said before, and Rachel was barren. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. So I can see Rachel with her hand on her hip and very frustrated and saying to her husband, Give me children or else I die. And really mad at her husband. And he said, Woman, am I in God's stead? So he pretty much practically said, You are crazy. And so we get like that, don't we? Sometimes the turmoil in our minds, like, um, just like a bunch of spaghetti noodles and that we have all these thoughts in our mind and all these crazy thoughts and that's the way Rachel was. She was in a rage and she wanted a baby and she wanted it now and her husband said, what is wrong with you? And so that you see that there's envy because she was not dependent on God. See, all these emotions that you're never satisfied and that irrational thinking and that envy, all these things come from barrenness. Not just in the womb but other places in your life. Barrenness. But nothing can satisfy a woman that's barren, especially, except the Lord. We're created to be a helpmate. Think about this. That's what we, we, we are created for, excuse me, is to be a helpmate, to be married. That's natural. And then what happens next is to be babies. That's natural for a woman to want to have a baby. So um, when ladies cannot fulfill this, so many times there is nothing that can satisfy their barrenness. And true character will be seen in barrenness. And even if it's not with a barren womb, barrenness in other situations in our life, true character sometimes happens whenever we um, get to a place to where we don't have what we want and we get it. Because we live in a society now that we want it and we want it now, don't we? And it's so much different than used to. You know, there's no patience. And uh, whenever we want something in our life, then we want it now. And so um, tonight, though, we are going to look at barrenness not just as um, in the ability to conceive, but barrenness can be in the, abil in the ability to conceive, but also in different prayer requests like we talked about.
Some people have prayed for years and still praying with no answer. But you know, a weight training period is good for our faith. Not just with weight training with your muscles, but weight training is good training because it makes you trust the Lord. And I look back at my life at several different things, and I can look at milestones and the different things the Lord's done in my life. And it caused my faith to grow because I saw the Lord work. And I look back and I think, that wasn't so bad of a, heart, a, a long time. But during the time, it seemed like it was forever, right? But then when the Lord answers it, it's like, oh, it's like it's been there the whole time. You see what I'm saying? Because the Lord brings things to not whenever it's His time because He knows best for our lives. But let's analyze whenever, if you have your books, the analyze section, specifically Zacharias. So we're going to dig in a little bit deeper to look at Zacharias' life. And I love to look at the history in the scripture to help me to understand the characters better. So let's look at Luke chapter 5 and read, uh, chapter 1 verse 5, excuse me. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So what we see here, first of all, at looking at Zacharias, is that he was a priest of the lineage of Aaron. So if you look into that in Levitical priesthood, that whenever you were born into that uh, tribe of Judah, in the tribe of um, Israel, that you became a priest. That's what they were for, their office. They were priests. So every direct descendant of Aaron was a priest. So by this, by the New Testament, um, so by the New Testament, there was an estimated of 20,000 priests during this time that was living in Israel. Specifically, though, Zacharias was out of the, the Levitical line of Abia. So I thought, what does that mean? So I started looking that up. And under the leadership of King David, he sectioned the priests into 24 different groups. Okay, so it talks about that in 1 Chronicles 24.10, if you want to look that up later. But actually, Abia was the eighth group, okay, so out of the twenty-four. And so David just tried to get structure, and he tried to um, get organization with the different groups. And so each family of the Levitical priesthood had chores and duties. Each group would serve one week twice a year. But there was around 800 men in each group. So 800 men couldn't work at the same time. So if you look at it, that was about, a, if you calculate, it's about 4% of the men each time twice a year. So in other words... It was a special thing if you got to be used in the temple because it didn't come very often. Only 4% of the men. So every year, even though they got to do it twice a year, every year they didn't get to be served in the temple. So, needless to say, this was a special time for Zacharias because it was his turn. He got to work in the temple. So, um, like a modern day, like it was his lot. It even says that in verse um, 8 or 9. It was talking about that, that it was his lot to be able to uh, work in the temple. And if you think about what does a lot mean, it's just like kind of a hat drawing. And that they said it was under divine appointment of the Lord. And so even like flipping a coin or draw a name out of a hat, that's how they uh, drew lots. And it was um, Zacharias' lot to be able to help in burning incense in the temple of the Lord at this time. So this, like I said, was a special time that Zacharias had been looking forward to. So let's look at Elizabeth. So it says that she was from the lineage of Aaron as well and married Zacharias the priest. A priest could only marry, okay, a woman of absolute pure Jewish lineage. Especially, it was especially great honor for him to marry a woman who was a descendant of Aaron. And she was, that's what Elizabeth was. So he got a winner like whenever he got Elizabeth's. Because Elizabeth was in the lineage of um, 
the Levitical priesthood also. She wasn't a priest, but she was in that family. So he got a win-win situation. He got a good woman, and also she was in that family that he was. So names meant special things in the Bible. We read that in the scripture. Zacharias means God remembers. I don't know if you want to write any of this down or not, but God remembers. That's what his name means. But Elizabeth means his oath or oath of God. You put those together, you know, whenever you get married, you become one flesh. That means that uh, God remembers his oath. Is that not sweet? That's just so sweet. And that's how God uh, does things. Whenever he puts people together, he puts, puts them together for a purpose. And he certainly did with Zacharias and Elizabeth. So you think about what oath God gave an, gave an oath to David that one of his descendants would have an eternal reign. And that was in Psalms 89. It was one of the scriptures of many. In uh, chapter 89, like I said, in verses 34 through 37. But let's look into verse 6 and 7. Okay, so it says, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. That word blameless means without fault. And that bl word blameless also is the only word used here. The only other word is used for Noah and jo uh, in, um, Job. And it says in verse 7, And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. So we think, you see that there was a lot of description there. They were both righteous before God. And you think, well, that's an easy time to be righteous during that time. But if you really study that, look back in verse 5. So let's look at this. There was in the days of Herod, and that specifically, there was a lot of different Herods, okay? But this was specifically Herod the Great. And if you look and study and hear the great in uh, history, he was a wicked, crazy man. So he was from the lineage of Esau, Edomite, and they were not intended to rule the Israelites. But they were, uh, there's many descriptive ways to describe Herod the Great. He was hostile, violent, he killed his own family, he killed some of his children. If, he, if you were a threat to him, he would just kill you. He killed one of his ten wives, one of his actual favorite wives, because she spoke up against him. So, whew, everybody was scared to death of him. He was definitely um, paranoid and extremely controlling. How would you like to be married to him? My goodness. But Augusta had mentioned, had quoted to be said, it is better to be Herod's dog than to be one of his children. Isn't that terrible? Because he was known to take care and take out anybody that was in his pathway. And actually, whenever um, the Magi came back and talked about the Lord Jesus, Jesus being born, that's whenever he made the decree of everybody under the age of two to be killed because they were um, a, uh, that he was paranoid because he didn't want anybody else to be in control. He wanted to be in control. So he was a wicked person that was king over Israel at this time. He was politically strong, but he, he made some large structures, but he was a vicious person. So you look back and think, well, it was easy for Zacharias and Elizabeth to be um, to be righteous and be blameless in this time, or was it? If you think, just like the scripture says, there's no new thing under the sun. And there's always been sin all through history. If you study all through history, there's always been sin and wickedness in different parts of all through history. So they were righteous in a time of evil in command. So that just tells me that no, more, no matter what's going on in the world, that we can still live righteously, righteousnessly, Righteously, I can get out in a minute, um, with the Lord's help, if we are living for God. 
So I thought if we were to interview right here in the scriptures, Zacharias and Elizabeth, if we interviewed them right now, what would they say? What do you think they would say if you interviewed them right here in the scripture? They're both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. So if you made an interview and said, if, is there anything missing in your life, Zacharias or Elizabeth? What do you think they would say? Children. That's what they would say because they had been praying for years for a baby, even though they were well stricken in years. And so, but there was no indication of discontentment because they were righteous in God's eyes. They were both righteous. So under observations, we'll go ahead and quickly go through these. Um, in just the next few minutes. Number one, if you have your book with you, God heard the prayer, the prayer for a child. So we're going to go to Luke chapter uh, 1, verse 7 through 14, and read that together. And they had no child because Elizabeth was a bear, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he ex executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. We already talked about that. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without all the time of incense, without at the time of incense. And they appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. So we see there that there was a prayer answered for Elizabeth and Zacharias, and that they had been praying. They had been praying their one flesh. And it says in verse 13 that the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for the, thy prayers have been heard, thy prayers of him and his wife. Because they were one flesh, they have been praying together. And so we see that the, there was a prayer answered. There was a prayer heard and answered for a child. Number two, the old age of the parents didn't hinder God's power. You know, sometimes the Lord wants to work when nobody else can. And that's why sometimes waiting time is what we need. It's so hard. But sometimes the Lord wants to manifest himself in a way we know that only God can do it. And I can give you, there's some illustrations that I cannot personally give, but I can say that the Lord has done things that I knew in my heart that only He could do and work out. Miracle situation, but He's a miracle-working God. And that's what He did in the life of Zacharias and Elizabeth. So we see that in Luke chapter 1, verse 36. God mentions that in her old age, Elizabeth conceived. And that God mentions that again in verse 36 because He was... Um, he was talking Mary uh, the angel was talking to Mary at that time so he was letting Mary know that a miracle can happen it happened in Elizabeth's life you know why? to prove his power like I said God wants to show his power not the power of man but number three Zacharias exhibited a costly lack of faith so we see that look at verse 18 18 through 20 it says and Zacharias said unto the angel whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee. Am sent, whoa, by the powerful one, God. Am sent. 
and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So I think about Sarah. She didn't wait. She had doubts. She didn't have faith. Zacharias, he had a lack of faith. You know, if you think about it, whenever we um, looked over the life of Mary last month, and we talked about that, you know, Mary asked a question also, and it's okay to ask a question, but her question was different. Let's look at that. She said, how shall this be? She asked, knowing that she's a virgin, so she asked how not that she wondered that God could do it. She said, how can this be, knowing I'm a virgin? But Zacharias asked, whereby shall I know this? So he was wanting a sign. And so he was not exhibiting faith there. So it's different questions. It's a, they're both questions, but it's different in their heart. So he questioned in his heart and had doubt. So Elizabeth, number four, I know it's easy, going back to number three, it's easy to question not and have doubt. But that's why each and every day we need to lean on God's goodness and his scripture. Because in our own mind, we can't understand things. In our own mind, that's why we don't need to depend on our heart and our mind. We have to go to the foundations of the scriptures. Because everything, we're not going to know anything unless it's through the Spirit of the Lord speaking to us through his word. But number four, Elizabeth recognized that God had given her a child. In Luke chapter 1, 1 verses 21 through 25. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. So he was in there a long time. Why? Because he couldn't talk. <laughs> and then he was, he was amazed by the angel coming to him, and then his speech was taken from him. Okay? And so then when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they were perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them, and he remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his administration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, and I love this thinking about that, thus had the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. So remember me talking about how um, Elizabeth, how hard of a time she probably had all those years and all the women getting together and, gra and um, gravitating together, talking about their little ones and Johnny hurt his knee today, and then there's Elizabeth. And such and such that she has um, how they're training this daughter to do this, and I'm training this one to cook this, and there's Elizabeth. And she's an outcast. All those years of other women whispering, something's the matter with that girl right there. She can have a baby. You see what I'm saying? All those years of being mocked and, and, and talked about, you know, all those things, and she was barren, not just with children, but... She just had her husband. She didn't probably have a lot of friends because she was different. And you know, when sometimes, whenever people are different, you kind of gravitate to get away from them because you don't know what to say to them. It's like awkwardness. I can just imagine that Elizabeth was awkward because you didn't know what to say to her. Like, do you say, I'm sorry, you're cursed from God? You know what I'm saying during that time? They probably thought that. No, I mean, what you say was awkward all those years. So Elizabeth, Elizabeth during this five months, was looking back on the goodness of God. She could have went out and started saying, looky here, I'm starting a show within the first couple of months and said boldly, look what the Lord, look what I'm, I'm pregnant. Everybody, I'm pregnant. 
But what did she do? She held it inside her heart, and she thought about those things, and she gave God glory, and she contemplated and, and praised the Lord and said that, in the days where he looked on me to take away my approach among men. So she gave God all the glory. So in other words, the Lord opened her womb not to glorify herself, but in his timing, perfect timing, to give them a, a child for her reason. And so, number five, we see that, um, number four, that she glorified gave God, and she gave God all the glory during that time. And number five, the answer to prayer served God's purpose. Luke chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, will um, said, Ananias and Sapphira, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. See, in the Old Testament, it was prophesied that there would be a forerunner of Christ. And the Lord had a faithful man and wife that stayed true to God in their barrenness and emptiness for years and years, and they stayed faithful to God and continued to pray. And God opened her womb just at the right time, right before the Lord Jesus was going to be born. And what a mighty man of God she was able to deliver in this world for a purpose. So we all need to remember in our barrenness, whatever our barrenness may be, that the Lord's timing is always perfect. And you know, sometimes the Lord doesn't answer our prayer according to what we think it's supposed to be. But whatever it is answered as, it is perfect if we allow Him to work in our life because He is perfect. The main thing is that every day we walk in His Spirit. That way we can understand Him. I'm sure that Zacharias and Elizabeth, many days they didn't understand. And there's a days of under, not understanding. But you know what they had to do? Every morning they woke up. Lord, I don't, God, I don't understand. But today in this barrenness, I give you my day. And that whenever we don't understand, you know what we've got to do? We can't go in our feelings, whatever our barrenness is. That we have to daily live by faith and fully trust in our Lord and Savior. So do you know how we do that? Day by day, living for God whatever it may be. You know what? You may have barrenness today and the Lord answered that prayer, but you may have barrenness tomorrow. So all through our lives, we're going to have some type of barrenness. That's why in every part of our life, each and every day, we should strive to live righteously and blameless before the Lord. And that way we can yield fruit and not be barren. So even if it was not the Lord providing a child, we could they could have had fruit with other things. Just like with us, uh, Michelle was not able to have through physically children, but she was able to bear fruit through the Lord through these other children that needed help. So the Lord knows exactly through our life, and he can bear fruit in our lives to be a help to other people.